Arizona Sports. Sean Payton. Update. 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 Final hour of the show here on this Monday afternoon. It is Wolf and Luke live from the Akchin Community Studios. Sean Payton, as far as I can tell, Wolf, still just kind of floating around out there. Maloney pointed out before he was on with Colin Calvert for a half hour today, never even mentioned the coaching search. Does anyone not see that uh, as being a little nefarious? That's one of those situations where, like, the silence is deafening. Yes. You talk for a half hour. Like, if he was just, if it was a quick hit, right? Hey, we're going to go to call, we're going to go over to, to, to Sean Payton and just get his thoughts on what we uh, saw in those two championship games yesterday. And he's like, yeah, you know, Brock Purdy hurt. That really messed that one up. And good effort by Mahomes in a, a poorly officiated game. Back to you, Colin. That would be one thing. If he's just sitting in there for a half hour. Yeah. It doesn't just come up a little bit. It came up yesterday on, on the Fox pregame. Not only that, it came up the week before. With Colin Coward. He's been talking right? about this with Colin Coward yeah, for two months. Right. So it's totally suspicious what is going on. The fact that he was not asked by Colin Coward. And you know that. You know that's going to be question one from God. Hey, listen. What happened this last week? Because we know you interviewed. What happened? How'd it go? And it go okay? He didn't want any of that. So what are you reading into it? Because apparently it didn't even come up on the air. It was just... It wasn't like... It wasn't like Colin asked no the question. no acknowledgement whatsoever. And he was like, oh, I can't answer it right now. It was just, oh, yeah, I've never even been interviewing Don't for a coaching job. ask me any questions about the coaching situation. That makes me think a deal is imminent. And I could be so wrong on this, just so wrong on this, ladies and gentlemen. But it makes me think that he, the only thing that could be gained was nothing. <laughs> there was nothing that could be gained. He was close in regard to commenting on being the next head coach somewhere, in my opinion. Why not just, listen, if he was going to Fox, why not just say, hey, you know what? We'll what see how that goes. to announce it right, right before the Are AFC Championship, say, NFC Championship, yeah. Yeah, Colin, don't ask me any any questions about the coaching. If I'm going to Fox, if I'm going back, don't don't ask me anything about that. That doesn't seem right. If he goes weird. If he goes back Why? to Fox, there's gonna be an announcement that he's going back yeah, to Fox. You know what I mean? Right. It's not just gonna be like, oh well, I guess it's next season and Sean Payton never took a job. He's gonna announce and and you know he's gonna do it very intentionally to set himself up for next year of you know what, these weren't the right opportunities for me. I want to do another year. I love working with Peter Schrager, <laughs> Schrags, and he's gonna do something <laughs> like that. And then next year he's gonna be hunting down the Cowboys job. But until Sean Payton says I'm going back to Fox He's out there. And the teams that need coaches, depending who you believe, were down to three. Houston hasn't hired D'Amico Ryans, but it sure sounds like they want to. Right. So you get the same feeling that if he didn't want Colin, he told him, don't ask me any questions about the coaching, that it it implies that he is going to coach. It implies. There's a deal that he, he likes that is out there. He doesn't want to mess it up and say anything. I, I would say it doesn't like guarantee for me he's going to coach, but it implies that right now on Monday, he that's where his it's mind is, and, and he's close to something, or he feels like he's close to something and he doesn't want to talk about it now. Okay. For a guy that only wanted to talk about it for the last few months. Like, as the season was going, he was talking about it, remember? Yeah. 
No, I do remember that right now. It's very suspicious what is going on with Sean Payton. Payton, Payton, Payton. Um, Waiting for Payton still. Waiting on Payton. It really is. Constantly. He is the anvil in which every other coach is formed on and weighed against. He wouldn't talk about it today, but yesterday on the Fox pregame, he did say this. You know what? They always say... Be present right where you're at. And I like all the way, us, I like hashtag all the way to the left next to you guys, and I really appreciate yeah. it. No, it's been a, a busy week, a great week. We've had a chance to visit with a lot of great owners, a, a lot of outstanding organizations. They're obviously looking for a reboot. I think with the way the coaching hiring process has changed this year, we're seeing it play out a little longer for these clubs. And I think there's more pressure on uh, everyone who's covering it and – and I think it's a good thing because they're allowing teams to get to the right candidates. Uh, I think, Coach, real quick, can I interrupt? I think in the next week we're going to know a lot more. Coach, we'll in the next week, but the doors are not closed yet. No, 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 no. I think there's, yeah, there's a, a handful of things that, that still are taking place for these coaches and myself. Why, I think that was Schrager. Why did Schrager with the coach, can I interrupt? It sounded like he was going to say, and I'm going to the, and Schrager's like, hey, coach, can I interrupt? Yeah. No, no interrupting. Right. Let coach talk. Yeah, I think he wanted him to get to it. I think he was trying to, hey, what What are you doing, right? He thought he was doing something good. No, 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 no. There's a handful of things that still are taking place for these coaches and myself. What are the handful of things that are out there? We went over this a little bit earlier. For me, I, I got four things. Um, Kyler Murray, is he on board with Sean Payton coaching him? That's number one. Number two, is Kyler Murray on board with going under center and developing that part of his game? That's what I hope. Please, 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 please. That's what I hope. I'm altering that's, some of yours. That's number ahead. two right okay. there. Number three, are the Cardinals ready to pay Sean Payton the kind of money he wants? And number four, what compensation are the Saints willing to take? See, right now, going back to our original comment on Sean Payton, that's what I think could, could hold up. That's the snag right here. Why comment on anything about being the next head coach somewhere if somebody's out there, like the Denver Broncos, like the Arizona Cardinals, negotiating for your compensation? He could he could mess that up, right? I I think everything you just said right there the it's the last it's the last two for me. The first one you said, okay, you know, is Kyler Murray on board? And we got into this before. You you do have to have that conversation, but I really only care if... Well, there was a private jet that went to Dallas as well. Well, And there was a picture that was posted with Jason Garrett and Sean Payton and the Cowboys color analyst at lunch. I don't want Sean Payton talking to Jason Garrett. Stay away from Jason Garrett. If you're going to talk to Jason Garrett, don't talk about football. Talk about something else. I have to laugh. Another thing, so Ian Rappaport just tweeted out that the Cardinals plan to interview Bengals defensive coordinator Lou Anarumo on Wednesday, so in two days, and then offensive coordinator Brian Callahan on Thursday for their vacant head coach job. Well, let me go full Wolf here. This is, this, is, this is how Wolf reads things like this. Plan to interview. Right. I was going to say, do they get there? Yes, they plan to. Hey, you we've know, booked it. New Orleans, if we can't get that deal done, we'll just interview so Lou Anarumo on Wednesday. Rap sheets plan. The use of that word plan. Yeah. That's interesting to you. Yeah, yes. no, that is interesting to me because it's a plan. This is our plan right now. It doesn't we, say are we, going to. It says plan to. We plan to. 
A lot could change. Look at See, what this is, has turned us into. Exactly. <laughs> There's a lot that could change. We all know the best laid plans of mice and men off go awry. What book's that from, Mice and Men? Yes. Yeah. See? The context back. clues. I put it Stand all together. Back, of course. Although uh, it was not. That's not his quote, by the way. No. He ripped off some dude. Just some dude? Yes, I, no, it was. Anonymous? It was some dude. No, it wasn't anonymous. Oh. I forget the guy's name. I'm spacing it. But he ripped off some guy. I'm going to look it up that. during the break, and I'm going to tell you what it was. Yes. That, like, here I am he quoting some random. It in his book, but it's, it's not Steinbeck. I already forgot the quote. Four-time Super Bowl champion NFL legend Rob Gronkowski is bringing his Gronk Beach to Talking Stick Resort on February 11th. Do you think it was Gronk who had that quote? No. Gronk will bring his infamous end zone dance moves along with hip-hop star 21 Savage, Lil John, and much more. Head to the contest page on ArizonaSports.com for your chance to win tickets and complete event details. When we come back, what was the play of the AFC Championship game? What stood out from that one? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports. We'll get into it next. The local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Right, I'll say this, Wolf, the two games yesterday, the uh, the evening game was, ended up being a really good game, really competitive. I mean, that's all, that's all you're looking for if you're not specifically a fan of any of these teams. The first game wasn't competitive at all this Overall, there weren't really a lot of plays that you're going to look back at this weekend and be like, oh, yeah, that that was like a signature play. Like some of these years we have like five or six, right? Yeah. But the fourth down conversion to Jamar Chase is probably the one that stands out the most other than the play where Brock Purdy got hurt in the first game. But going for it on fourth down, throwing into double coverage and Jamar Chase just going over both defenders and making that catch. That was when it was like, all right, Cincinnati's going to push this all the way to the final seconds. Yeah, no, you know, honestly, when the Bengals tied the game up at 13 on that T. Higgins 33-yard touchdown, I thought they were going to win the game. I did. But they came back and they tied it up at 13. Um, I, I thought, wow, this is a team. They're going to win this thing. And then when they tied it up at 20, again, it was like they answer every time. They're one step ahead of the Kansas City Chiefs. That was not going to be the case. Even though Joe Burrow took the ball over with two minutes and 30 seconds to go in the game on his own six-yard line. And I thought that was it, Luke. It felt like whoever had the ball last was going to win. That's I guess is what happened. But you're right. It kind of felt, it felt like Cincinnati when they got the ball with two minutes left. We were going to see Joe Burrow be Joe Burrow. Exactly. And if there was any time left, Mahomes had a chance to be Mahomes and he, it it never worked out that way. And all I could think of is you were the one who picked the Bengals, right? In that situation. (laughs) I thought the Bengals were. Yeah. uh, Yeah. For that exact moment, I figured you give Joe Burrow the ball with two minutes to go. You were the one who picked Joe Burrow and there it was. Yeah. I did. But I also, thought Mahomes 20 was hurt. 20. How'd that work out for you? It's, Luke, it's not by great. The way. Who took the Niners in the first I, game? <laughs> hey, listen, you can't Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy, man, he went down. Okay, great. Um, I totally forgot what I was to going to ask you. Well, I, the 31 points the Eagles. I, I got to throw this at you real quick. This is kind of uh, this is Cardinals related. From Field Yates. Okay, we'll get back into the AFC Championship in a second. The Cardinals will be interviewing Giants OC Mike Kafka for their head coaching opening per source. This will mark the fourth team for Kafka to interview with this offseason following a great first season with the Giants. So 
I guess Brian Dable. The I guess the the more accurate tweet would be the Cardinals will be interviewing everybody in football. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's great. Did they say when he, he's going to? Because we already know there's one Wednesday. There's a plan there's one Thursday for, for yeah for for one Cincinnati coordinator on Wednesday and another one on Thursday. So I guess Mike Kafka would have to get in there on Friday, maybe. Or New Orleans could just take the Cardinals' offer for Sean Payton. Is that what we're assuming here? <laughs> I mean, once again, they're just stacking. Seriously. They're just piling them up right now, right? When you first said it before, I was like, okay, I guess, I mean, that's that's one way to look at it. But now that they're just lining up a whole slew of additional interviews. <laughs> oh, um, I, I don't know. <laughs> it just seems like that would be the logical thing to do. If you were faced with something, I got a standing offer. We think we're being very, very fair to you for the compensation of Sean Payton. Or or maybe it's just the fact you really haven't found who it is that you want to hire it's for a, your next head It's coach. a different reporter each time, too. There's, there's been three of these today, okay? Peter Schrager this morning. Uh, this just in. The Cardinals have requested interview Bengals uh, defensive coordinator Lou Anarumo for their vacant head coaching job per league source. Okay. That okay. Was this morning. And then a little bit later, Tom Pelissero. The Cardinals also requested an interview with Bengals offensive coordinator Brian Callahan for their head coaching job per source. All right. And then just a few minutes ago, you have Field Yates saying they are going to interview Giants offensive coordinator Mike Kafka for their head coaching opening per source. Are you telling me all eight interviews or whatever it was the last two weeks went nowhere? Yeah. No, I think they're the more of these that stack up, the more I'm with you that they are still in on Peyton. They're still like in legitimately on in on Peyton. And they're just what? Trying to create leverage? <laughs> I ask rhetorically. Is that what they're trying to do? L- leverage with the like, Saints, hey, not listen. with Peyton. Right, yeah. exactly. <sighs> Man, okay, so with that again, this is the speculation. <laughs> Well, we can't get through a segment without the Cardinals lining up another interview. It's it's just killing me right now, is it not? Are you reading Um, into the fact that... Too much? Yes. Well... Yes, I'm reading into too much here. Was Brian Flores not their guy? They haven't brought him in for a second interview. That's that's the one... That's the name I think that... Yeah, but they've only brought one guy in for a second interview. Right, so what are they waiting for? Dan Quinn said. (laughs) Yeah, I'm out of here. (laughs) Maybe they don't want to do that again. (laughs) What are you doing? Second interview, I'll just go back to Dallas. Um, No, Flores, Maloney's right. Flores is the one where I'm looking at, like, okay, I don't think they're trying to play a leverage game with Flores. Are they just out on him? No, I, I, again, you could also look at it as, okay, the second interview. We all know that second interview, um, it's, it's really an interview. That you could say, we'd like to hire you in that interview. Okay, well, you got to have second, that interview before next Because the season first starts. interview, as we all know right now, is just to figure out if the guy's a jerk or not. <laughs> I love that's, how the genesis of this was you last week saying, I've never really interviewed for anything. Right. And then you came up with that as your theory, and you've now accepted it as but, scientific fact. But once fact. again, based on audience, when you think about it, it's, it makes sense, right? <laughs> that first interview is just, we're interested, you're interested. Um, so then should I read this as... Are you a jerk? The Cardinals want to find out if Giants OC Mike Kafka is a jerk. Should is that how I should read the tweet? Yeah. And if we're going to actually have a second interview with Brian Flores, um, there's a real good chance we're going to sit at the table and go, we're going to slide that contract across the table. Brian, what do you think? You win, both. You know what I mean? It just, yeah. I, I, I just have this feeling 
Um, again, that's not what you should probably go on the radio with is a feeling. But uh, I had a feeling <laughs> that the whole Cardinals search was going to be over come Friday. We're going to have to play more than a feeling as a rejoin if you end up being right. <laughs> If this is exactly what a how great this plays song out. that is, Google it, my young Krogs. I think everybody More than knows. a feeling. No, not everybody. Maybe not by knows. name, but if you heard it, you'd be like, Boston. okay. Come on, man. That's the song that Kurt Cobain said he used for Smells Like Teen Spirit. Seriously? That, that riff in that song. I, know, I did not. Look at that. You're over there Are you quoting me? of mice and Are men. You, wait a minute. You're and telling I'm, me I'm quoting that of Cobain, Kurt and Cobain ripped off Boston? He didn't say he ripped them off, but he said the riff in that song is was his inspiration for the opening riff of Smells Like Teen Spirit. <laughs> and it's weird. If you go back and listen to that song, you're like, yeah, there it is. Oh, man. Yeah, I did not see that coming. That is some good trivia yeah, right there from you. I'm good for like two trivia what questions. What are we doing here? What exactly? We were are trying, we to trying to talk to about the AFC championship game here. Okay. This is uh this is Patrick Mahomes after the game. Yeah, I think guys were probably the most pumped up I'd seen him going into a football game. A lot of trash talk coming from a lot of different places. I think no one picked us to win. If so, it was like five percent of people. Um, and uh, we think we've built up enough uh, enough respect to, to have a chance to go out and win every game. So uh, whenever you feel like you're the underdog, when you're playing at Arrowhead Stadium, uh, this guy's ready to go. Right. Yeah, it's funny the way that works right there. The underdog thing and the underdog card is it real? This is the reason why Basin Ornians, when you hear other players on other teams saying things. Like, I don't know, William Gay actually said. Well, it didn't back, backfire, it didn't backfire on, him, yeah. on him. But this is exactly why you don't want well, guys this doing is also when you, you don't. When you hear guys be like, oh, I don't listen to that stuff. We don't listen to the media or the fans or we don't go on social media. That is just a lie. It, because ridiculous. Cincinnati clearly had an edge to them in that Buffalo game. And, and it was evident after the game when, yes. when they were talking about, go ahead and just refund your tickets that you all bought, assuming we were going to lose. And Mahomes, and look, Mahomes was the calm one. Here's Travis Kelsey after the game. I appreciate you. How about this beautiful trophy? Huh? Hey, I got some wise words for that Cincinnati mayor. Know your role and shut your mouth, you jabroni. You got to fight. So he went with the okay. late 90s insult and the late 80s musical reference. I was just going to say right there, jabroni? I still don't is know how to is? spell it. Yeah. What, what, what is a jabroni? I feel I'm like being that, 100% serious. I, I don't even know what I feel that like is. that insult was popular when ska music was big. That's, that's ska. yeah. Ska? Ska. I, I, the Mighty Mighty Boston's? <laughs> Oh my goodness! It's I know so little about everything. You're not right. missing anything with Scott music. It's just You're football. I, I played football <laughs> and I talk about playing football. You've it's never so interviewed to be in a ska band. A ska? No, I no. had no idea it was called that. Yeah, um, grunge. I know all about that. Of not course. the same thing. Lived it, unfortunately. Based on you didn't know all about that. You didn't even know where Smells Like Teen Spirit got their opening riff from. Yeah, but that's like trivia. Okay, fine. Okay, yeah. and it's trivial because of that. No, it's not. It's accurate and it's monumental. It's, it's, it's a pittance. So I will say this. Last week when we were talking about this game and I don't feel like everybody was picking Cincinnati as Patrick Mahomes yeah, just right. said. No, but stop it, Pat. But when we had the conversation Let's on see, Friday. He wanted that underdog chip. He wanted that. Well, and that's, that's I remember talking about this on Friday. It feels weird to pick against the Chiefs and I did, but it feels weird to pick against the Chiefs when for the first time that I can remember 
they can actually play the underdog card right. and legitimately do it. And you didn't know if they were going to do it, but they clearly were That's doing right. it. You picked the Chiefs in that game. I That's interesting. The oh, no. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay. Um, you know the Chiefs are actually underdogs in the Super Bowl already. No. It's one and a half points, Philadelphia. You might want to jump on that. I don't. You might want to jump on I that right now. I don't. Aren't you? I thought you were big. No, I'm not. <laughs> no, that's Maloney, as a matter of fact. Oh. Yes. Command and control First is all, of all over that. You don't even know what one and a half point means. That's basically nothing. But technically, if, if the Chiefs want to use it as motivation, they can. All right. Text us your thoughts to the Fandle so text true. line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, the Suns, 5-1 and one in their last six games, moving back up the Western Conference standing. So just how important is tonight's matchup with the Raptors? We're going to ask Suns broadcaster for Bally Sports, Kevin Ray. He joins us next for Game Day with Kay Ray. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Catch it in from the corner. Wolf and Luke brings the boom and catching bodies on his way to the rack. Suns game day with K Ray. I'm ready for whatever. I'm ready for whatever. Hi, welcome back. We got Suns Raptors tonight, and we've got Kevin Ray of Valley Sports joining us on the Arizona Sports Line for game day with K Ray right now. K, how was your weekend? Ah, it was wonderful, fellas. How about you guys? It was good. It was good. It's okay, okay. Other than that 49ers-Eagles game, which was unwatchable and brutal. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, a little bit of a letdown. Um, you know, I mean, who who would have thought, and I'm sure at some point, somebody in the very near future will go back and, and see the last time a team advanced as far as the Niners did and used as many quarterbacks as, as they had to. I mean, I got to believe that if it's not the first time in NFL history, it's the first time in a long time. Yeah, and, uh, and I guess it caught up with them yesterday. <laughs> Their fifth-string quarterback, who I think was Christian McCaffrey, wasn't quite the answer. Um, not disappointing lately have been the Phoenix Suns, and specifically Chris Paul. So the Suns take on the Raptors tonight, and there's a lot of different storylines to this game because so many names on the Raptors are being linked to potential trade talks, not just with the Suns. But I want to start with Chris Paul, Kay. Um, this is now four games since he came back, and he has been outstanding. His numbers over 22 points a game, 56% shooting, basically 11 assists a game. I, maybe you can't expect it from him every night the rest of the way, but if they can get this from him, you know, three out of four nights or four out of six or whatever, this is a dangerous team again. Yeah, it it certainly feels like, um, you know, uh, under those kind of uh, circumstances that it's much more sustainable. And, you know, th- this is where we, we keep going back to even the game plan coming into the season. And, we you know, who knows if it would have maybe looked quite this good, quite this clean, had Chris not missed the amount of, of games and time he has. Because let's be honest, you know, being – being off his feet, not being in those games certainly has has had an impact on how fresh he has looked now. But with that being said, moving forward, 
and, and other guys taking additional responsibilities. And if you look, if you really look closely, like during the course of the game, um, it seems, you know, very kind of innocuous and, and, and very small. But uh, there are several times now during the course of the game when other guys are bringing the ball up or instead of, you know, immediately inbounding to Chris, it'll be a one pass and then quick, you know, advance pass up into the front court. So it doesn't seem like much, but over the course of an entire season, that's the kind of, you know, heavy volume and usage that will take a toll on you. And this is one of the things that Monty Williams has talked about. And uh, so it, it certainly is uh, a, a much more positive outlook uh, when you look at the rest of the, the regular season and then the playoffs. You know, the Jay Crowder situation, I think, hey, is starting to come to a close right here. Thank goodness. I know we're all ready for this thing to be over. Do you think the Milwaukee Bucks are going to be the destination for Jay Crowder? Well, you know, I guess if you're just basing it on, you know, the recent information and uh, what what little kind of activity, at least that we know about, you know, because that's a thing that there is there is so much that, that none of us, including, you know, myself, uh, does not know about the conversations that took place that just never materialized um, for one reason or another. You know, the son's not feeling like they're getting enough back or vice versa, you know, the the opposing team team that part of those discussions wanting more than the Jay Crowder. Um, so it, it would certainly seem like it. I don't think any of us should be surprised. This is, you know, kind of typical. Everybody kind of plays that game of poker to like who can kind of hold out the longest. And then as teams start to look at their needs and projecting towards the postseason, that's when the conversations really start heating up. So just based on everything that you're hearing from, you know, the, the, the two NBA insiders, it would seem as though they have the inside track. But I don't know that I don't, I don't know that Suns fans uh, or Bucks fans should count on it as, you know, being necessarily on the on the one yard line yet. Won't you be happy when it's over, Kay? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, for for just a lot of reasons, um, you know, as I've said throughout, I, I've I've been a Jay Crowder fan. Um, his teammates are certainly Crowder fans. It's just unfortunate that it has come to this. But you know, none of us are strangers to the game of professional sports, and um, I guess unfortunately, you know, I'm not surprised. It happens. Plus, you won't have to do J Day with K Ray anymore because that's basically what this segment is. Yeah, exactly. Talking to Kevin Ray of Bally Sports, uh, <laughs> Kay, with the trade deadline coming up and all the Jay Crowder stuff, do you do you think that there is any less of an emphasis now on on a move beyond that, or do you think this team still looks around and says, okay, we need we need a piece that maybe we can't get in a Jay Crowder deal, and we have to look bigger? Yeah, I mean that's just my kind of thoughts and observations. Um, that it, it will it will provide an extra body or or multiple bodies, but I just don't know. You know, let's just say if you're if you're talking about the pieces that are presently being discussed, uh, I, I don't know that that makes me feel like, Ooh, okay, we're set. Um, and granted, we we. Really, we haven't seen this team whole for two and a half months. So it, it still leaves me scratching my head like, what, you know, what are we? Who are we uh, when we're fully whole for, you know, I mean, who 10 games? I mean, can we get 10 games straight with everybody in uniform? I don't know if that's possible this year, but 
You know, my own personal thoughts are you're probably going to want and need to make one more additional move if this team is going to really seriously be considered to be playing in June. Okay. Um, Eddie, you care to share who that's going to be with? (laughs) Any other player that is out there? Okay, I'm going to take that as a no. Um, How about Fred Van Vliet? Are you interested in watching him play tonight, (laughs) Well, look, I I always love watching uh, Van Vliet play uh, because he just, you know, he he plays with a high motor. He plays with great intention, great purpose. Uh, I've always cheered for guys like Fred Van Vliet, whether it's Fred or anybody else, you know, a guy who came in um, undrafted, you know, ended up betting on himself and and it paid off. Um, You know, I, I know that people have have attached his name to the sons in the future and you know maybe uh possibly but i also look at and you know this is where you know the, the general managers get paid the big bucks and get the roles that they have that you you have to project you know not just a year down the road but two or three years down the road and the only thing that, that I would say in regards to to that player is w- when you look at the size of guards around the NBA guys, yeah. they're, not, they're not getting smaller. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the average guard, point guard, shooting guard, is Devin Booker and taller. Yeah. So – you know, I know that that Fred can't change, you know, his height. And we have experienced, as we currently have right now, you know, with a shorter point guard. Um, but our guy is a 12-time All-Star, 11-time All-NBA. So while it's intriguing, I, I think you have to project maybe where this league is going over the next two or three years. And that's the only thing I would say that maybe, you know, have people press pause on, you know, acquiring a guy like that. And then you look at the money, at least he's reportedly seeking. That's a, it's a pretty high price tag. Okay, Ray, real quick here before we hit the break. Um, I think we all expected the Suns to go on a run at some point when they got Booker back. They've kind of got on a run now, and they don't even have Booker back yet. It sounds like that's going to be soon, but but how much do you think this five out of six here has, has changed the vibe around this team internally? Well, and look, you, you listen to the guys, and, and, and I've, I've, I've said it, and I know folks, you know, will, will listen to me only so much because they view me as, you know, the, 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 the son's guy, the, the homer. But I'm telling you, I haven't been on the road with these guys, you know, see them in the hotel, see them on the bus rides. Their vibe uh, has not changed all season long. Have they been disappointed and upset with the losses? Absolutely. Do they take it hard? Absolutely. But there's been no sense really from any of us who who are close to the team. that was like, oh, man, there's there's some stuff going sideways in that locker room. Have never felt that. And, you know, as I had said a month ago, yes, that the, the losing streak sucked and, and people looking at that number 12 spot. It, it didn't look good. But, man, guys, even though they're sitting at nine right now, the difference between the nine spot and the four spot is a game and a half <laughs> or a game. It's, it's just a it's game. Crazy so, game. Yeah. you know, it's, it's one of those where you really have to zoom out, look at the big picture. Um, and, and I, I feel great about the guys who are in this locker room and the way that they have handled themselves and the growth that they have experienced. And, and I'm just going to say this, 
Uh, I know there's no, nothing official coming from the organization, but today is Mikhail Bridges Day. It's Mikhail Monday. I mean, that that dude, the, the Mikhail took o- takeover in that overtime was a sight to behold. And that, to me, is another stepping stone for Bridges in this team. Yeah, uh, 100%. He couldn't, it's a great point to get in there at the end, too. He was, he's been the great main time. reason they've won a lot of these games. K-Ray, great stuff, man. We'll talk to you again on Wednesday. Thank you, bro. You got it, boys. Take it easy. You too. That's Kevin Ray of Bally Sports checking in before tonight's Suns-Raptors game. When we come back, could the Cardinals learn something from what was on the field in that NFC Championship game? Something beyond just, you know, keep Hassan Reddick. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Before we get into the... Eagles Niners game at all? Wolf. I don't. I'm. I'm stunned. For four hours into the show, we haven't even mentioned this. Did you see Trent Williams? Yes. At the end of that game. Yes. That was. That was good enough that I rewound it, and we were like, "Okay, what what started this?" Because there's just a bunch of guys kind of like we're getting into it. Okay, you're shoving. Okay, you won't let go of my face mask. When Trent Williams does something, everybody just stops because he doesn't just push a guy; he just picks up a guy and throws him. Yeah. That was the, he was the personification of the frustration for the 49ers. But if you go back and rewatch the play, he's just he's walking through all these different people fighting. It's like a scene from a movie, looking for one guy in particular, and then he found them and just picked them up and bodies. Yeah, there it was right there, Trent Williams. And that will happen to you from time to time when you're out in between the white lines and you're playing the game of football, ladies and gentlemen, and things are not going well and they weren't. for you. And they weren't. The intensity level, I love that. Trent Williams, he's just the best left tackle in the game. As a matter of fact, for me and my money, he's the best offensive lineman in the game of football, period. Jason Kelsey's really, really good at at center, but... You're talking about a guy in Trent Williams that is the best left tackle. He's got all the talent in the world, and he's dog. He's 100% dog. And that's why it came out of him. It came out, and I understand why it came out in him. But, man, he was out of control, if you ask me. Slamming down um, one eagle and then throwing punches where he actually hit the guy right in the face. And it's the reason why you never want to see your quarterback, your wide receiver, your running back, anyone who really uses their hands, throw punches in a fight. It was just, you can break your hand. Well, yeah, and it was, it, the, the punching was for a second because it was like he walked through and, the, and it's just all this fighting going on and he looks for Kevon Wallace, who I think was the one that had his hand on Debo's face mask for a while and just like wouldn't let go. And if you're the 49ers, look, you've lost the game. I think it was 35-7 at that point. Yeah. What are you going to do? It might have even been 38-7. What are you, what are you no, doing? No, or no. 31, whatever no, it was. It was 31-7. Yeah, 31-7. Yeah. Um, so at that point, it's over and you've had a quarter of just frustration where you don't even have a quarterback and the Eagles are still kind of pushing you and it's not like Trent Williams really has a history of this No. so for him to just walk through find the guy, throw him down and then all of a sudden it was like four guys were ready to fight him and then they all saw who it was and that was just kind of the end of that. Yes. Um, Hassan Reddick had a monster game yesterday. He has really had a monster season for the Eagles. He tweeted out, went from being drafted by Arizona one pick ahead of the Eagles in 2017 to being on the Eagles and getting ready to play for a Super Bowl in Arizona. How crazy is that? This is where we are with this season. Wolf Turtle from Entourage is the first comment back to him. The actual guy wrote back to him. 
Because he's a Giants fan. You haven't watched Entourage. Turtle. Turtle was his nickname. Well, Either Entourage. Yes. I, I know what that is. Okay, well, that's good. That's yeah. No, what an Entourage is. <laughs> no, no, right? not so, an Entourage. Okay. Entourage. <laughs> entourage. Okay, Turtle. Okay, interesting right there. Um, yeah. <laughs> Look. Hassan Reddick. I just okay, we all get it, Luke. The reality. I don't know who Turtle is. That's Give me the a first break. comment back. It's the guy who played Turtle on okay. Entourage. Yeah, right. There's a pretty good chance Hassan Reddick is going to be celebrating a Super Bowl at State Farm Stadium. Are Cardinals fans, like, do we yeah. need to use the next 12 days to emotionally prepare for that? Yeah, boy, that's going to be really, really rough for some people out there. For me, it will not be because I absolutely love this dude. Hassan Reddick and the guy that he is. Um, Things did not work out here for the Arizona Cardinals, of course, with Hassan Reddick. They moved him around and weren't sure where they were going to play him. And instead of putting him on the line of scrimmage, for the most part, the way the Philadelphia Eagles have done, they were trying to find a position for him. And this is one of the reasons why I don't want to see it with Isaiah Simmons either. I want to see them put him in one position and tell him to his face, this is what you're going to do. You are going to play this position right here. Hey, Isaiah, your NFL career is at this position, and you're either going to sink or swim, metaphorically speaking, at this position. This is Show us what you got. Something you and I have actually been on the same page on for a while. And just because Isaiah Simmons was amazing at all these different positions in college, he's not playing college teams anymore, and you've tried it for a couple years, and he's not a bad player, but like I want Isaiah Simmons... To do what Hassan Reddick is doing, except I want him to actually do it for the Cardinals. I don't want it to be for somebody else. You know what I mean? And you could uh, his first couple years in the league have been more productive than Hassan Reddick's were. So yes. I mean, he's still got yes. plenty of time to do this, and I, and I think he will. The other thing with Reddick is it's it, it, it's a reminder of that, and it is a reminder of how important it is to get your coaching hire right. Because what was Reddick's first three years? Didn't he have three different defensive coordinators? Yes, it that, was brutal. That's part of why. Yep. It, it, <laughs> That's not. There's not a mystery here. They kept putting him in a different scheme with a different defensive coordinator, and then by the the time that they he started to look good, they were like, "Well, we're not going to pay you because we've only seen it for a year, and his contract was up." Yes. And now he's like, I think I was looking at Super Bowl MVP odds, and it's it's going to be Mahomes or or Hurts, however that game plays out. I think Reddick's like fifth on the list, and he's a defensive player. Yeah. To win Super Bowl MVP. When you watch Hassan Reddick, too, and look at Isaiah Simmons, you think about the edge, don't you? <laughs> you do. Um, maybe it's a situation where Isaiah Simmons would be better served to line up on the edge and say, this is where you're going to play. Do it. I would love on that. The edge I would love it. And see what he does. I just want to see him play one position. The, the expectation has got to be there. I, I do believe that Isaiah Simmons could be the weak side inside linebacker. I do believe that. Opposite of Zayvon Collins on the other side, he could be that. Um, some coaches did tell me his eyes are all over the place, though. When he goes to inside the box, his eyes are all over the place, but and they it, betray him Isn't many that times. because he keeps switching positions, though? Wouldn't that add to that? I, I think that's that could be one possibility. I'm sure they've thought about that as well, but I also think it's because the Arizona Cardinals, I, I don't think, practiced a lot of nine-on-seven inside the box where they had pads on and where he's going to be training his eyes in practice, going at a good tempo, a good speed where you would be whacking each other at a good speed, not not full speed, but a good tempo 
inside. I think it would have helped him with his eyes. They didn't do a lot of the inside drill, from what I understand. It's almost like practice has value, is kind of what I'm hearing. Yeah, yeah. and I think it really would Especially have helped Isaiah a Simmons a lot. I do. The good news with Isaiah Simmons is he's stream, still extremely young, and he has shown flashes. But it was impossible to watch that Philadelphia game yesterday because it wasn't like, hey, the Eagles won a good game and Hassan Reddick made one play. Yeah, The first half was just Hassan Reddick, it felt like. It was yes. just the Hassan Reddick show. And you can't ever have a repeat of that where you draft a guy who's that good and let him go. See, for me, um, I know Isaiah Simmons is not afraid. I know he isn't. I, know, I watch him play, and I watch him stick his face into the fire. Into the fan, metaphorically speaking, Basin Arenes, but he does. He sticks his face into the fan. That's a term that we all used to use in the game of football for players that were not afraid to do it. He isn't. I've seen him do it. Um, so maybe it's just a situation where he needs the reps. He needs the reps. Stick him in one position and let him sink or swim. That that is the best thing the Cardinals could do going forward. You know what's crazy? The last uh, 20 minutes we've done the show, the Cardinals haven't scheduled any more interviews. So they're just down to the three additional ones today. All right, that's it for us here today. Thanks to Aaron Maloney for doing everything behind the glass. For Wolf, I'm Luke. we got Burns and Gambo coming up next right here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.